this, uh, as I said, this time of year, we, we reflect a bit, don't we? 2023 is just a, a matter of hours uh, left in the year and uh, 2024 is so close. And as we approach a, a new year, it is good to reflect. It's good to think about where we have been and what has been and where we are today and what's to come. What uh, circumstances did I struggle with in 2023? What sort of people did I avoid? Who did I connect well with? Did I have any healthy habits to, that I started? Did I maintain some healthy habits? What was my time like with the Lord? I think this passage today from Colossians 3, and if you'd like to open your Bibles there, we'll, we'll spend a few moments today in that passage I think this passage gives us an opportunity and a challenge to consider where we have been, where we are at, what's to come. We had uh, we had the Scots over on Christmas Day, uh, as we do each and every year. Rachel's family and another Scottish family who, who don't have any other family here, uh, we get together each and every Christmas. Um, there's only 10 of us this year and uh, we were at our place in St. Helena and uh, that required required a lot of cleaning up. Uh, Rachel actually took a whole week off work. Um, it wasn't really much of a, a week off to relax, but a week to prepare. Uh, the kids we have, as innocent as they look, are very messy. I don't know where they get it from. And so anyway, we had lots to do. We had lots to clean. Uh, the kids were off, so they helped a little. I did my best to stay out of the house and obviously come back and do a lot around and help. Um, mainly the backyard. Get that presentable. But we, uh, we sort of went from room to room, you know, and worked our way through the house. And we found that there were some things that we had to, we had to retain. And keep. And as we went through the house, there was plenty of things to release and throw away and get rid of. And there were also things that we took and found and we looked at and took us a bit down the memory lane, you know, we remembered. I think as we look at these verses and we look at our lives in light of these verses, we are also challenged to retain things, release and be rid of things and to remember. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4 says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
As we, as I said, as we cleaned our house, we came across a number of things that we needed to keep. Uh, we didn't throw them away because they were useful to us still. Uh, we didn't come across any gold relics that were worth millions of dollars, but a lot of sentimental value in uh, pictures of our kids. Uh, pictures of our dog Darcy, one of our dogs who I shared the other week, you know, unfortunately passed away this year. We found out we got our birth certificates and passports and things that are very important documents we have to keep in safe places. But I think in a spiritual sense, Paul is, is telling the believers here that there are some things to hang on to. There are some things to retain. And the two, those two things I want to, I want to share this morning are an awareness of our foundation. He says there in verse one, since you have risen with Christ, we are raised, which means that we have died. And he says that in verse three, you, you died. And Paul is discussing our spiritual position. When, when one person comes to faith in Jesus, they are given a new identity. There is a new purpose to belong to God's kingdom. And Paul puts it, when we talked about the, Jeanette talked about the fruit of the spirit. And Paul talks, uh, talks about this new purpose New life in Galatians 2.20. I'll get to the fruit of the Spirit a bit later. It's on my mind. It is coming. But in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Obviously not physically, but spiritually. I am putting to death the way I used to live. He says, it's no longer I that live for me, but it's Christ who lives in me. The, the, the purpose of Christ, the, the agendas of Christ, the heart of Christ should be at the heart of the believer. Whether we live in this body for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, some people are pushing 100 years. We live by faith in God. This is the foundation for the Christian, the foundation that we have a new life, a new purpose in Christ. It is no longer us living with our own agendas and our own purpose, but we find purpose and we find an agenda for why we exist in God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. This past few weeks, that theme has been on my heart of Emmanuel, God with us. It has come up a number of times in my readings and, and thinking about messages and, and, and what's to come. The, this miracle of, of, of God with us, that 2,000 years ago, God changed things up. He tore the curtain in two in the temple. 
that place of God's presence with his people, which was separated, has changed it. You now, your body is the temple. That is the dwelling place of God, the Holy Spirit. This is our foundation, the seal of salvation, the guaranteeing of our inheritance. And he also calls attention to our focus. says, since we have been raised to a new life in Jesus, we are told to set our minds on things which are above. That, that verb set is, is in a present tense with an imperative. It, it means that it's not a one-off. Paul's not saying, you know, at salvation, when you make a decision to believe by faith in what Jesus has done, just that once you need to set your mind on the, No, it's not that. He's saying it's an ongoing, continual, day by day, moment by moment, set your mind on things above. A quick insight, and I haven't got them up on the screen, but just what Paul speaks of in Colossians 3.10 through to 4.6, he touches on what this looks like. A deeper knowledge of Jesus, a holy life, holy in our home life, in our social life, godly character, an effective prayer life, a fruitful witness. He speaks to the Galatians church about the fruit of the Spirit, that this is what should be seen in our life now. You know, me uh, me before... Actually, let, let's turn to that. We'll just read these verses before we before we move on. Uh, Galatians 5. They're, I know they're well known to us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Before the grand final in 2023, this year, starts about three o'clock, my team Collingwood were in and so that changed the sort of day I had. Um, I sort of put myself in uh, hiding, I just wanted to be alone. <clears throat> I know I'm weird, that's okay, you still love me and accept me please. Um, but I like just to be alone, I like to get my mind right, think about the AFL, think about the football. I was thinking about the, the last time we won a premiership, which was like 13 years ago. Got to play a little bit of that on TV in the morning. There's a, the, the North Melbourne football breakfast each year. Get to tune in, you know, grab a coffee, sit down and, and they talk about footy. They talk about, they have politicians and they're talking about the game. And then they have the, the, the highlight, the, the, um, the build up to the game. And, and they start the telecast. 
And I just sat and tried to absorb, take it all in as I prepared myself for the first bounce. And they had the musicians playing and they have the national anthem and all this emotional music to build it up. By the time three o'clock, I was exhausted. <laughs> oh, I was tired. I was Actually, I remember that day I woke up at like five o'clock. I couldn't get back to sleep. Uh, silly. That's what my wife says. That's silly. Are we prepared to set our minds on the things of God? If I consider the fruit of the Spirit, and I and and I'm also asking you to think about yourself. If I consider the fruit of the Spirit, and I am challenged that much of that is not really true of my life. How will that change? Why do I why do I find myself in that position? And I'm then challenged to think about well what time am I spending in God's word? What time am I committed to prayer? How much of my mind and my life and my energy am I surrendering to God's will, to what he wants me to do? But I think there's a correlation there. When we give little time to God and our minds are taken up with things that are not of God, it it correlates to the way that we will live and the attitudes that we will have. And will that fruit of the Spirit be evidence in my life? I don't often say these sorts of things, but I, I challenge myself, and if challenge is a bit too harsh for you, then I encourage you as I do myself, starting tomorrow with 2024, to take these verses every day. And it'll only take a few minutes, but to look at Galatians 5 every day at these verses and think about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and in prayer, ask God, Father, help me to walk in line, in step with the Spirit. Please help. I can't just do that myself. I need you to help me. I know that will bring about a change in my life as I trust it will in yours. And maybe you go on, and I hope I will, more than two weeks. Set your mind on things above. How will we set our mind on things above in 24. Well, just as some things must be retained and kept, of course there are things that need to be released. I'll come back to that. As we um, as we cleaned up, there was plenty of rubbish 
that we had to throw away. We actually probably could have got a skip and filled it up. We just took a few turns with our bins and dropped a few things off in my mother-in-law's bin that she, did you know? I'm not sure if you knew. That's how it got full so quickly, sorry. But we had clothes that we had to drop off at the, you know, the op shop. We've had this issue with our dryer. It keeps shrinking some of my shirts. So I've had to drop them off. But we had so many things that we, we didn't even realise was in our house and it was like all this stuff that was taken away and got rid of. And our spiritual lives are much the same. Some things need to be let go. And sometimes we attach ourselves to habits, to lifestyles, to thoughts. And this morning, I know sort of instantly what it is for me that needs to be released. And I would imagine you sit here this morning and I don't know necessarily what's going on in your life, but instantly there's probably one or two things that just come to mind. I know that is, I'm clinging on to that. It needs to be released. I need to let go. It needs to get rid of. And in chapter 2, Paul mentions uh, some things that are dangerous distractions. And they're quite obvious things, but they're issues of 2,000 years ago. They're the same issues we're dealing with today. They haven't changed. Haven't changed. The first one is false doctrine. In Colossians 2... And verse eight, and verse eight, uh, Paul says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. The enemy would love nothing more than to distract God's people and get them trapped into a way of living which is all about something that is man-made and has nothing to do with God's word. Philosophy refers to the wisdom of men and over years man has invented some weird and strange belief systems that people follow passionately. If what a person teaches is not backed up by the word of God, we've got to be rid of it. The vain deceit is a comes from means a word of empty tricks, and uh, it, it means to be to be tricked or to have a, a slick message, a slick presentation. And if its focus is not on Jesus and His death and resurrection, don't listen to it. Be rid of it. Traditions. We're warned to be careful of long-held beliefs just because people have believed something. I've missed it up there. We're not to base our faith and our walk with the Lord on tradition. But it should be based purely on the word of God alone. Secondly, foolish demands. 
I've missed a whole slide, have I? Oh, no, it's there. I'm sorry. That's my bad. In Colossians 2, Paul also warns the believers to watch out for people who would place them back under the law. That, that's, a, that's a teaching of, of salvation plus. It's called legalism. Salvation plus, do and don't do this, do that and do that, then you'll be saved. No, it's not, it's not biblical. And the point Paul, Paul makes is godliness and righteousness and a, a holy life is not what will get you saved. You are saved by faith. But the consequence of that choice to believe in Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit, the, the, the consequence should be a changed and renewed life, a new life in Jesus. And thirdly, I'll move quickly through this, is the earthly nature, the real obvious common sin that forever has been a weakness of humanity. And and Paul urges the believers to eliminate these things. Sexual immorality. It, It translated from a Greek word that refers to any sexual expression. And Paul speaks to the sexual activity, something that should not take place outside the confines of marriage between a man and a woman because that is the mark of God's expectation. That is the standard. And to miss that standard in any way is sin. Cut it out from your life. Impurity speaks beyond just the act, but the motive of the heart. Lust is about wicked passions that God talks about in his word about things that are off limits. Lust seeks after desires and still chases after those things. Greed is to have more, the insatiable desire to possess more than what God has given. It's placing things ahead of God of his plan for your life. Anger is about a deep, smouldering bitterness that dwells in our heart. The angry person tends to lash out quickly in words and actions. Rage gives that impression of boiling over, a sudden explosive outburst of anger. And hand in hand with these things is malice, which which speaks of a desire to do harm to someone. Slander about gossiping and hurting and belittling people. Filthy language, abusive speech to others. Lying is a tool and a tactic of the devil and has no place in the life of a child of God. They cover the, the three big Struggles of humanity, don't they? Sex, money and power. And in verse 7 of chapter 3, Paul says, you used to live like this. This is the way that you used to live. 
But you are a new creation. Now you have made a decision by faith in Jesus. You have a new purpose, a new reason to live. There is a new way. Cut those things out. Be rid of them. Set your minds on things above. Lastly, remember. Retain. There are things to retain. There are things, many things to release. But remember. Verse 3, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. As we uh, cleaned up our house, there were some things we came across which were really precious and took us back to remembering times uh, of of yesteryear. And I I especially think of some of the photos we found of our our two girls when they were really young. Um, Some of them just like, they just like melt your heart as you look at their eyes and their, you know, they were so beautiful and cute and now look at them. They're teenagers, for goodness. And they're still beautiful. But we, thank you, Vazi, yeah, I'd be in big trouble. These last two verses of this text, I think, serves as a, and I'll just touch on them briefly, some real simple spiritual truths that are so important. And the first one is that there has been death. We're reminded again that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have died to sin, to the power of sin and to the penalty of sin. One of the surest ways for a child of God to enjoy spiritual victory is to grasp and understand that we are crucified with Christ. That we would understand Romans 6.11, we are dead to sin, but we are made alive with God in Jesus. And this truth of this new life, that the truth of this new purpose as a follower of Jesus should spur us to not let sin reign in our life, to control our life. And the second one, that there is life. There has been death, but there is life. When we are saved, and I'll just touch on this briefly as we wrap up, when we are saved, we are given new life in Jesus. Symbolically, again, like our communion, symbolically we, we see that in the believer's baptism. When someone chooses to believe by faith in Jesus as their saviour, we baptise them and we symbolically place them under the water and raise them up again, just as Jesus died and was buried and raised to life 
so we are spiritually, die to sin, to the power and penalty of sin and raise to a new life in Jesus with a new purpose. We are hidden in Jesus, that place of security where the enemy cannot take us away from. And then Paul closes this paragraph by reminding us that this place is temporary and where we are, this place, I mean, Monty's a good suburb. It's a great place to live. I don't live here, but I work here. This area, Diamond Valley, wonderful place. Not as good as Texas, maybe. (coughs) But it's a great place. Uh, But this is not the best. (laughs) Not by a long stretch. This place is not the best. The best is yet to come. We, we experience some victory in this life and sometimes there are moments and sometimes there are days of struggle. Just as the Apostle Paul said, I, I want to do the things I know what I need to do but I keep on doing the things that I know I, don't, I shouldn't do. Don't, don't we all have that struggle at times? And our, our moments of victory at times are, are sometimes fleeting and we just want to experience that day by day. Oh, but the best is yet to come. Victory for eternity where there will be new bodies, where there will be no sin. We will live in perfection in the very presence of our God. That is the hope for every believer. I trust that it is the hope for you this morning as you enter a new year. Would you consider those three points? Is there something in your life that you perhaps need to retain and refocus? Maybe there are things in your life to be released, to cut out some attitudes, to release some actions and are there things to be remembered to be reminded of the truth of God's word Father in heaven we thank you for your word we thank you that you use it to powerfully speak to us to transform us and to save us Thank you that we have it so freely in this place. We recognise the privilege of living in this country. And uh, Father, may we not take that for granted. We are mindful of our brothers and sisters around the world who are finishing off this year in all sorts of turmoil. May they be fully aware of your presence and peace in their life. And may they have a focus on Jesus. Father, as we go into 2024, may your Holy Spirit challenge us to be people who can retain your truth, release and cut out the things that we are convicted of, sin in our life, and remember what a wonderful God you are.
We pray these things and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.